Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today we have on John Kazar. I think I said it right that time. We talk about a lot of the news in the NFL right now, along with some of the favorable free agent destinations that are going to be coming up. The NBA is everywhere. We break down a lot of the NBA headlines. And then we get into who might be the best welterweight fighter of all time. We're available everywhere you can get us, even on your Alexa devices, guys. Rate, review, share us with your friends. Share us with anyone you know, everyone you know. If you see someone on the street, ask them if they've heard of Burst Your Bubble. Thank you so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, I think I made a mistake. Let's hear it. In our last episode, we did the totem pole of NBA teams that you can trust, and I I put the the Thunder as my second team because mm-hmm. I said I could trust them because I knew exactly who they were, and yet I just watched them pretty much control for three quarters of a game against the Milwaukee Bucks, squeeze out a tight victory, shutting down Giannis. It was an absolute incredible performance from the Oklahoma City Thunder, so maybe they're not who I thought they were. Well, Josh, you could even go back to the game against the Lakers. You could say they've I mean, they've outplayed teams for eight straight quarters. They just happened to lose that game against the Lakers in an overtime. Two straight games in overtime against the Lakers. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, so you you were horribly wrong on that call on, on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're playoff playoff bound. Yeah. Now. Well, uh, I'm not going to go that far, but they just they don't know how to keep losing. That you know that's what we need them to do is to lose games. And you guys, you've got guys like Justin Jackson who dropped a career high 22 points tonight. He's not ready to lose games. These guys are going out playing hard. Al Horford is running point every other possession. Uh, he took it down, beat Brooke Lopez, dunked on his head. Lou Dort was doing everything he could, though. Had seven turnovers. He was trying his best to get to get to get Kate Cunningham on the team, but just couldn't get the job done tonight. Maybe, maybe next time, Lou. But uh, Josh, this was the first Sunday without football, but things felt pretty normal. Um, mainly because Jordan Spieth blew another fourth round lead, posting two scores in the seventies on the weekend. Daniel and an outburger eagled two holes in the fourth round to secure the win, and that is that in and out pun. Hey, that that's totally credited Nick Faldo. I heard it on the broadcast. It made me laugh out loud. He said Daniel is playing in and out of this world burger, something like that. Nick Faldo, it's a horrible dad joke. It landed. Um, before we get to a little bit of the NBA talk, Josh, did you see the Gros family? The Gro- the Gros? I I don't guess I did. So the G-R-O-H-S is how you spell that, G-R-O-H-S, gross, gross family. They feel disrespected and disgusted at Tom Brady um, because of the trophy throw. They are um, family and daughters of Tiffany creators of the trophy, of the Lombardi trophy, and they're disgusted, outraged, and feel entirely disrespected by Tom Brady. For what? I mean, I mean, I get the throw, but what does that have to do? Just because they helped create this trophy, that has nothing to do with. I mean, because they said they, their their grandfather spent so much time, you know, working on this and handcrafting it, and they're just throwing it around the lake or wherever in Miami. A lady, have a little bit of self awareness. First of all, Tom Brady's the one who threw it, and your last name is literally Gross. So uh, that's all we need to know about that situation, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it's come on. You know, we've been stuck in this pandemic for so long. Let some people have some fun whenever they can get out and you know and enjoy themselves for a minute. Let's not let's not get bogged down on all this. Let's enjoy the fact that Tom Brady was talking about avocado tequila and having to get carried out. Let's just enjoy the let's just enjoy the moment. We don't know what's going to come next. Let's just enjoy the drunk Tom Brady while we have it.
Don't be gross. Exactly. And Josh, we're going to talk a lot more about drunk Tom Brady a little bit later on. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Some notable games over the weekend, uh, notable performances anyway. Luke had 46-8-12 and 12 in a win. Uh, KP had 36. Notably, they lost tonight, though. A buzzer beater, oh, pretty much a buzzer beater, lost to Damian Lillard. Luke was un- unable to answer. Here's an interesting quote I saw over the weekend, Josh. Even though the Jazz and the Lakers have, um, they both won seven in a row, Giannis says the Jazz are better than the Lakers. Yeah, well, Giannis said that they he thinks that they're playing the best basketball in the league right now. Do you agree with him? Uh, I mean, no, probably not. I mean, I, it's hard not to. Right now, it's hard not to agree. But, I mean, I, I still think that if you put the Lakers and the Jazz, you know, I, I'm going to pick the Lakers every time. I was going to say I don't agree with that. Um, they, they're playing really good basketball. They're playing uh, a fair – I don't want to say an easy schedule, but they're playing a favorable schedule, and they're – they're capitalizing on it. They're playing great basketball, great team basketball. Quince, Quince Snyder has that team really bought in. Donovan Mitchell's playing his ass off. The Jazz are not better than the Lakers, sorry, Giannis. Uh, Charlotte, Josh, Charlotte continuing to surprise teams with their ability to play team defense. How do you like LaMelo Ball, his ability to facilitate since taking over that starting role? How do you like him? Uh, he's actually surprised me. He's played a lot better than what I was expecting uh, for him coming into the league in his rookie season. So, I didn't know what to expect, but he is exceeding my expectations. I, I don't like Charlotte as a whole. You know, maybe they're headed the right direction. I'm not going to buy in yet. You know, I'm just not. I, I can't trust someone with the last name Ball to be leading a team at this stage. So I like what I'm seeing out of him. He's exceeding my expectations, but he's going to continue to improve. Well, they're, they're sitting in the 60s right now, Josh, so uh, in prime position to stay out of that playing tournament because remember the 7 through 10 seeds will be in that playing tournament come whenever the playoffs start. I have no idea what month that is going to be. The NBA allowed KD to come back finally, and the Nets won. No huge, no huge surprise there. Uh, but this does bring even to- uh, even even with the no defense that our our fans are uh, talking about on Facebook. We'll, we'll get we'll get to all that, Josh. I saw I saw a story somewhere out out in California that says KD shows Golden State what they are missing. Well, do you fucking think so? Do you think Golden State misses Kevin Durant? Do you think they notice he's gone? Come on, people. It's yeah. the, he, he's the greatest scorer we've ever seen play basketball. Just like the Oklahoma City Thunder still feel the loss of Kevin Durant. You don't you don't just lose that caliber of a player and just get over it the next season. Josh, imagine, imagine Kevin Durant coming back to Oklahoma the first time and scoring 47 points in the cover of the Oklahoma thing, KD showing Oklahoma City what, what they're missing. <laughs> Do you know how outraged governors would be? Oh well, the fans would have would have burned Oklahoma down. I guess so, Josh. Anyways, let's. He let's delivered. He delivered championships to Golden State, where he blew the three-one lead in Oklahoma City to Golden State. So let's move on to a team, my team, to come out of the West, the Phoenix Suns. Josh, they're on their tra- on their way to another win tonight. Um, they're blowing up the Orlando Magic as we speak. They had a very impressive. And they had a very impressive win over the Sixers on Saturday. Josh, I'm telling you, Phoenix Suns, team to look out for in the West. So I want to talk uh, about this. You know, we, you mentioned Luka couldn't answer to Dame's shot. I think Dame made that shot with like 32 seconds left on the clock. Deep step back three, classic Dame, vintage Dame. We've seen Luka do this in so many games this year. So, this, I mean, it is Luka, but we I've gotten the notification from ESPN on my Twitter. Luka's in a battle with name any other superstar in the NBA. And that's what it is. I feel like every time Luka Doncic steps on the floor, him and the best player in the other team are going to be 30-plus points, and he's going to be very close to a triple-double. That's just who Luka Doncic is now. Win or lose, 
he's going to score a lot of points and almost get a triple double. Well, and that's the thing, Josh, win or lose is the key point there because that is the only way they're going to be in the game is if Luka Doncic is out there giving it his absolute all, scoring upwards of 30, 40 points a game, eight assists, ten rebounds. That's the only way the, the Dallas Mavericks can stay in this game, especially with the limited minutes from Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, and you mentioned it a second ago, or, you know, whenever we talked about Luka could match it, Luka had 44 points in this game again. Yeah. He was over 40 points. I think he had eight assists, nine rebounds, something like that. He was very close to another triple-double, and that's the only reason that they were in the game to, to begin with. So Luka Doncic, at, I think he's, what, 21 years old, 22 years old? Very young. I think he's 21. He is looking like a very bright star. We talk about how Jason Tatum, you know, could be the face of this league. Luka Doncic could very easily become the face of the NBA. Well, well I think Luka Doncic is the front-runner, right? What did you say? I think Luka Doncic is the front runner, right? To take over the face of the league? Yeah, I would say so. Yes and no uh, to me. So here's my dilemma with the face of the league. I think that Luka – so the, my only thing about that is where does the age gap go? Because I think that Giannis is still right there, yeah, going to be like, dominant for a lot of years. And he's like 24. And, yeah, and, so, and yeah, Bede is like I mean, 26. Yeah, so, you know, we talk about all these really young young guys, like 21, 22, but, like, you've got a lot of really good talent that's 24 to 28 right now in the NBA currently. So, you know, it's hard for me to say the face of the league. One, because I don't know how long LeBron James is going to play. And the, I mean, and, we we could realistically be look, watching LeBron for five more years. No, that's a great point, Josh, and it's also – uh, you can relay that right to his team at Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis could play at that level for another 10 years. To say the face of the league, I think it's just very difficult because we don't know that time limit. So LeBron, by the time LeBron's done, Bronny Jr. might be the face of the NBA. Maybe. Playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, and then LeBron will come to Oklahoma City too, and he'll come on burst trouble. LeBron becomes the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, or the GM. He'd be the GM. Yeah, I'd become the coach. Oh, you coaching for LeBron. I like it. I like it. I'll get the media credentials. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Celtics lost tonight to the Wizards, but there's no need to talk about that. Let's see what else. Hold on. We do. Well, we need to talk about something in there because Russell Westbrook airballed that free throw. Oh, yeah. And he stared at the basket for 10 seconds afterwards. It was like he didn't understand what happened. It was like he did in the same motion that he's done for 21 years playing basketball. And it just it came up a foot short. I love Bradley Beal. I mean, Bradley Beal is just – he's one of the most pure scorers I've ever seen play the, play the game of basketball. And it seems like every single game – I mean, obviously, Russell Westbrook's going to have 27-11-9. But it seems like every single game, Russell Westbrook has 27-11-9. Westbrook also takes 22 shots to get 27 points. It's 6 of 19 tonight. Yeah, 19 – yeah, 19 shots. That's, that's what I'm saying. He has to take them. I think Bradley Bill shot 13 shots. <laughs> then, Josh, the, um, people, even you sometimes still wonder why I uh, why I don't blame KD for leaving. Oh, KD did just as – you. it's not about – it's not the fact that he left Oklahoma City. It's the fact that he, he left, was not clear with his decision, and he left to go play for the team that he just lost a 3-1 lead to in the Western or, Conference Finals. Or he come on, go, man. That's, that's he not went to go. Same. He went to go play with the better shooter. Yeah, the better team that just set an NBA record for the season ad is a seventy-three win season. Yeah, of course you're gonna win a championship. If you don't, that's, that's if you don't, that is an utter failure. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, anything to get away from Russell Westbrook is all I gotta say. 
But uh, that's but the Hawks. I do. So I and I did see that Russell Westbrook was making a big push right now for Bradley Bill to get into the All Star game, which I love to I see. So. Yeah, remember, I mean, remember you know, he was but, snubbed last you know, year. Yeah, that's what, and so Russ is trying to make that push right now. He was on Twitter trying to get everybody to go vote. I've submitted my votes uh, multiple days in a row now. I'm still trying to get. Sh- can you tell me how Alex it's Alex Caruso is in tenth place over Shea Gilgis Alexander? Josh and and so is Clay Thompson is in like is in like fourteenth place. It's the stupidest like, thing. What what are we doing? Let we need to free Shea. That's what we, free Shea. Get him in the All Star game. I don't know if we need Shea Oklahoma, in the All Star game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City fans, what are you doing? What? This man's averaging like 23 points a game, putting Oklahoma City on his back. Okay, yeah, I guess we can. I guess we can go see him take mid-range jumpers in the All-Star game. That'll be a lot of fun. Josh, somebody the Hawks. needs to. We need to bring back the Spurs that win championships. Look I at Tony so. Parker. The Hawks. They can't figure out the rotation. Honestly, um, without any trades made, I don't think there are many coaches in the league who could rotate this lineup with as, as many heads as they have, as many mouths to feed. Um, and as many young stars that could become upset and have are already upset, like John Collins, I could see the situation going rocky. They lost a rough one on Saturday night, I believe it was. Yep, Saturday night to the Pacers, lost by 12. Oh, yeah, that's a tough loss. You don't want to lose a Pacers team. Yep, so they fall to 11 and uh, 11 and 15 in the yeah 11 and 15 in the standing 10th was, place though. So I mean, what is still, that good? Oh, I was gonna say, what is that good for like fifth in the East? Yeah, I mean, so, so they're still good to uh, to make the play-in tournament. So they'll be facing off against the Knicks in the first round of the play-in tournament. So you know, maybe maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, if it was me, I'd love to be playing the Knicks to get into the playoffs. That should have been my number one team that I trusted was the Knicks. Because if you mm-hmm. can trust anyone to screw it up, it's going to be the Knicks. You said that, Josh. They're in seventh place. I mean, they're thirteen and fifteen. Oh, we're we're a third of the way in. Trust me, they'll find a way to screw it up. They're on a two-game win streak. They're nine and nine in their conference. They're five and a half games out of first place. <laughs> oh, the Knicks cracked me up, man. The Jazz. Oh, I, I feel the same way about the Jazz. I, the Jazz being in first place is the most fraudulent thing. I mean, that's like the the IRS telling me to just guess how much money I need to give them back. Like this is going to be fraud. I feel like you. Just really underestimate the Jazz like what do you think of the Jazz do you think like they're a first round second round playoff team second so they can beat they can beat a, a Oklahoma City Thunder team that's led by that's led by uh, Russell well, who, Westbrook who's well, going to take who's the bad eight, shots who, who's the eight who's the eight seed right now see they in the west would be the Golden State Warriors Jazz Warriors so you, we, Josh we said we we had this conversation in the last episode didn't we the the Jazz versus Warriors first round I'm picking the Warriors. That I think you did too. Yeah, I might have. I don't know that I. I don't, if it came down to that, I don't know that I would. I probably okay, would. I probably okay, wouldn't bet against the, Steph. Let's say nine. Let's say the nine seed. Jazz. Jazz versus Mavs. Oh, I definitely like the Jazz. Uh, the, that de- the Jazz is the Jazz's defense is way too good for those role players on Dallas. Now, now you're saying you're trusting role players or or defensive players on Utah more than Luka Doncic. No, no, I'm not. I'm trusting. The defensive players on Utah more than I am anyone else on Dallas. Well, I trust Luca more than anybody else in the league. Not even, not not even in the league. But yeah, are the are the Pelicans yeah, going to turn now. things around? Uh, so they're eleven and fifteen right now. They're twelfth in the West. Are they going to be able to turn things around, and make it to the playoffs? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. They'll at least make the playing tournament if the ten seed gets it. So the ten seed right now, um, it goes seven, Denver eight, 
Golden State 9, Dallas 10, Sacramento. I see Sacramento falling out, but Sacramento's been playing really good basketball, especially with great play from a guy who really should make the all-star team in Buddy. I'm, I'm sorry, not Buddy Hield, um, Deer and Fox. And Buddy Hield is also playing phenomenally after getting paid. Deer and Fox is so quick. Deer and Fox is the fastest player in the league, without a doubt. So fast. So fast. That's really all the basketball I have right now. Free Shea. He's sending to the All-Star game. I don't think he should. We will see, and I probably will not vote for him. We will see about that, Josh, but probably not. But let's have this conversation first with John Kazar. I'm really looking forward to it. First, let's hear a social media ad. Hey, guys. Remember to follow us on social media at jkeatno 22 at Kyler012, at SportsBYBP is the podcast page. Uh, that's where we post everything, our polls, our funny content, our interesting content, everything that you need, everything that you need to laugh, to talk about with your friends at the water cooler, do everything you need. That's where it all is. Uh, also, go check out at Blue Wire Hustle. That is an, a great network of up-and-coming podcasters. We're all really working hard, especially this next month, to, to make a big push out of the Blue Wire Network. A lot of great talent out of there. We've uh, we've collaborated with quite a few of them, uh, with Mike Pendleton. We always talk to our guy, Ty. A great group of people over there. Emma uh, Hewton, shout out to her. It's a great team over there. Look forward to continuing to build that. Also, shout out to Unwrap Sports. You can follow them at Unwrap Sports. They're expanding now. It's a lifestyle. They have hoops. They have football. They have everything you could need to talk about. A bunch of live streams. Great content over there. Shout out to Perry and the group. Also, check out at FF Oki. He's our fantasy football expert, Shane. Now, if you have any questions about your dynasty drafts, IDP leagues, everything else, check out at FF Oki for all your fantasy football advice. Uh, Kyler, with that, that's pretty much all I have. Just remember one more time, guys. I'm at jkeatno 22 Kyler is at Kyler012, and the podcast page is at SportsBYBP. Canada. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's like if you wouldn't consider it New York. It's like the uh, the North Country. and it's, it's pretty cool, though. I've just been doing my radio gig up here, spending a lot of time, you know, on, on Twitter, looking up stuff, videos, stats. I play a little online poker instead of video games. So yeah. that, that's my kind of pastime. And, uh, you know, watch sports at night, relax. I do some uh, I do some fitness in the middle of the day almost every day for a couple hours because it keeps my keeps my brain sharp. So that's what yes. I like. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, John John Kazar joining us today. You can follow him at Kazar NFL, a devoted NFL stat head, a radio personality, as well as a former podcaster. Are you out of the podcast game? No, in it at the moment. Um, okay. actually, I'm going to have a new. Uh, I have one coming out with uh, PFF Austin Gale pretty soon. Here nice. we talk about the, some of the prospects. Yeah, he was he was a nice uh, he was a nice grab to have. I know those are busy guys over there, but I love the work they do at PFF. I really do. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I try to get anyone, whoever I can, that that has some you know idea. That these guys who grind, they do a lot of work, so they know their stuff. But uh, I appreciate you know first of all you having me today. So it's going to be a lot of fun. No, no, not about so, it. And yeah, looking I, forward to it. I just wanted to kind of touch on that. So you mentioned that you're definitely a stat head. You can tell the second your Twitter page loads. Now, obviously, <laughs> you know, you, you said it takes a lot of, you know, time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy to dive into those stats. But what drives that passion for the numbers? Well, it's the game itself. Okay, we all watch the game on film. We get to see it. And I respect the guys that scout and do cutting tape and stuff like that. But that's a little excessive for me. So stats are a way of kind of portraying it on paper. Um, and I get, listen, I'll, I'll be the first to admit numbers are just numbers. The eye test wins mostly, but we provide context and stats. And I'm not trying to be one of those people that falsely puts stats, which you can't argue, but they, they paint the person in a, in a wrong light. No, I just want to give 
you know, different views that maybe people haven't seen before. So if you're going to look at my page, I want you to see stats that, oh, I haven't seen this one before. I don't want to just mm. regurgitate what people already know. But back to your, to your main question, it, I, I've loved stats since I was a little kid. Like when I was eight years old, I had the NFL record book from 2003. And I could tell you, you know, Mon Green had 1,883 yards, Packers, which is still a top five all-time performance for running back. And, you know, until Derrick Henry came around. But, uh, you know, I just – I, I love – I can't explain it. And, and it's the thing is, I may not excite everyone the same way that I get excited about it with stats because it's kind of boring to some people. But I get it. I do. <laughs> So you said you're from New York, out of New York. Well, I'll tell you, you can take your weather back. We're from Oklahoma, Jesus and I woke Christ. up today at negative one, negative one degrees, looking at the blizzard outside. So you can keep the New York weather. You guys are getting slammed over there, huh? We <laughs> are. It's, We've got about it's, six it's inches tough there. right now. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that that's but, solid. We um, real quick, we just had a snowstorm last week, which is like 18 inches up here. I mean, I walked out. I walked out onto my porch, and the snow was above my knee. I was like, "Oh my goodness well, at that, gracious!" At, at that point, I don't think you'd have a porch. I just think it'd just be snow. It would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm trudging through the snow. That mind you, yeah. I have to go down and shovel myself out, which I wasn't able to get out. I had a coworker come pick me up. We worried about it later, but it gets like that. And tonight we're getting another eight eight inches, which is nowhere near the 18. So I think we'll be okay tomorrow. Do you <laughs> so brings up an interesting question that has nothing to do with any type of sports. Do you think tougher people come from northern parts of the country because they have to shovel snow in the winter? That's a factor. I mean, like it's uh, and and for me, I, I'm not going to be living up here for a long. I wouldn't. Even, I'd be surprised if I was here another full year, uh, because this is an opportunity for my career up here. But the weather stinks, man. Like <laughs> I don't know. I just it's tough. And, and up in Malone, New York, that's where I live. I mean, it gets the average in February is like it's like four degrees. It's every day. So Ooh. it's like wow. Yeah, you have to. You get used to it. And when you when you feel 15 degrees, that feels like 35 suddenly. Best belief oh perspective my. changes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Nice. Yeah. So that 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 uh, fitness that you do, you know, throughout the day, do you do that at home or do you go to the gym? What do you do when it snows? Do you go out and do some snow workouts? There's the snow? A, like trudging through the snow and then shoveling for a half hour just to get out of your driveway is a workout <laughs> in its own, my friend. It definitely is. But uh, no, the YMCA is around the corner. That's mm. our gym around here. They got a ton of machines. I mean, I used to be shy, so I'd work out at home with dumbbells, do push-ups. But I had, I, I wanted to take it next level, just like anyone does who finds a passion. And fitness is, you know, there's there's football, there's fitness, there's radio. It's one of my three major passions right now. I just love the way it makes me feel. And you know, when you first start doing it, it's like the look. Oh, you look bigger. You look. That goes away, and then it's just like it upkeeps a, a lifestyle of, of habits that you want to keep. Absolutely, it's the Atomic Habits, a great book. Uh, I recommend it to all of our listeners out there. So we can. Get I do to, read. Uh, I do read. Yeah. that's good. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, Atomic Habits. Yeah, it's great. Work on getting one percent better every day. I don't read, but, but uh, uh, so we. My recommendation to you is uh, Ego. Ego is the enemy. It's a really good book. It might be a little not above you, but a little too serious for a lot of people. But it's a uh, to try to make it whatever you're doing in life to make it further in a way that's balanced and not too much or to hurt yourself. Ego is the enemy is a really good book. Just go enemy. Yep. Perfect. I love it. I love getting the wrecked. All right, let's get to <laughs> some, uh, some actual sports stuff here. Obviously some of the biggest news uh, we've got, I've got a couple landing spots. I want to throw at you. Um, let's start with the two big ones from Houston. Is the Sean Watson going to leave and what's going to happen with JJ Watt? Man, this is tough. We'll start with, I guess, the easier one for me. J.J. Watt, obviously, has has, uh, been drawing interest from Green Bay, which is a team that I support. Uh, I'm a Packers fan. Not not to be biased here, but it makes a lot of sense because the Wisconsin roots. 
Um, Pack, he, he's within a 3-4 for a lot of his career. That's what the Packers run mostly right now. Everyone's multiple teams these days. But, you know, I think J.J. Watt would fit really nicely uh, on that line, and uh, that that's possible. There were some other destinations that I, I forgot, but, you know, I just think whoever gets him is going to get a player that still has left in the tank elite ability. Um, I, I know the injuries have been tough for him, but switching over real quick and, you know, Deshaun Watson, the tough one to crack. He wants out. I don't, I don't see him in Houston next year. I, I, it's really hard to. And if he does, is this guy just to play through like like grumpy and like a little baby, like doesn't want to be here? I mean, probably and, not. He's and still and still lead and still be top three in stats in every category. I cannot. But we have to talk about this. There was just people, and I don't on my Twitter feed. I follow so many people, so I get a lot of bull crap. Uh, and one someone said like they, they thought that Deshaun Watson was going to have like twenty five touchdowns and twelve picks, and they were they were telling me this projection based on his history. I'm like, this is first of all a guy who's young in his career. If you've watched Josh Allen, there's been an ascension every year. That's kind of what we're seeing from Deshaun Watson now every year. And this guy, he had, he had an amazing season so well. I mean, it's funny that he's like he has the greatest completion percentage of all time. And he got that the season after. It, it's a it's a currently career-running stat. Breeze, I mean, he may fall. Breeze may take it over again. That, that's the one that's ever-changing. But it just goes to show how efficient this guy passes the ball, despite people thinking he's a little erratic sometimes. I mean, he played so well, like you said. So. And a year ago, he almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs with Bill O'Brien as coach and GM. So I mean, let's, I mean, Deshaun Watson's nothing. No, I know. Just not <laughs> I think everyone. I mean, everyone besides obviously Texans fans, who I feel so bad for right now, want to see Deshaun Watson play for a very confident franchise. There's plenty of them out there right now. But I've got, I've I mean, got one here for this, you. Chicago, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Interesting. We just don't know if Brady's one year or two more years. And I think those are the two numbers we're looking at. So, so it, he's number 12. But, exchange Sue for J.J. Watt. I'm scared. Oh, for, yeah. I mean, that is something to consider right there. Tampa that's, Bay is just a whole other beast right now. Yeah. That's scary. Baltimore, yeah, I mean, Josh. The thing, about, the, thing, the, thing, the thing about Tampa Bay is they don't, they don't really need – I mean, obviously, I said they don't need – because J.J. Watt's an incredible talent. But they don't need J.J. Watt right now. They don't need Deshaun Watson. They've got Tom they're Brady. Get, they're getting a the job. J- J- I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a pass rushing guy. He's a like 300 pounds. We don't see a lot of his type. Like, yeah, you know, right. I mean, he's a, a, a guy that size in the middle, and he's better against the pass and the run, technically speaking. Yeah. I mean, PFF does their studies. I mean, if you watch, you see his ability to to penetrate and get and slip through so often. So, uh, I, they don't need Watt, but if they got him, I mean, what, who else do we have? We still have Pierre Paul on the outside along with Barrett. And they have to see what they're doing yeah. there. Right? And those, so. that, that linebacker crew too is outstanding. But uh, oh. jo- jo- Josh, Josh's favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, they could sure use JJ Watt, huh? Yeah, that's a good one right there. I mean, what's yeah. going on with was Judon? Not is he a part of the team next year? Or are we seeing with the? I know uh, he's a. They said they wanted to keep him on, but I, they haven't put out any kind of structure what it's going to look like if they do keep him on, because he hasn't really been very vocal either. Right, and I think it's better that way. I don't like guys being too – I mean, we like the vocalness because we get an idea as fans or spectators about what they're yeah. going to do, but it's best to keep your business to yourself, totally. Um, but, yeah, so that, that would be a pretty interesting landing spot as well. It's it's hard. I mean, you see the one of the best defensive free agents right now. we got to consider his past and injuries, but pure talent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he's on the field, I mean, he definitely makes a difference. You've got at least a few more years of those differences if he can stay healthy enough to stay on the field. So, J.J. Watt is probably going to be one of the biggest names uh, in free agency, especially on the defense side of the ball. Obviously, the quarterbacks get all the draw here. Um, and some of them you know, aren't going in free agency, like Deshaun Watson will hopefully move in a trade. I would love to see him play somewhere else. Um, 
Where would you uh, like I, to see him play? And I'll feed off your your thoughts on. I mean, you know, as far as that potential destination, I'm curious. Kansas City. Well, I've got I've got two spots I would love to see him play. No, be quiet, Kyler. Patrick Mahomes is Bo- both. Both you can go. Both you can go. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about uh, JJ Watt still. Deshaun Watson. Go ahead. No, no, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun well, Watson. We're switching to the more important see. topic. No, I'm just kidding. You said yeah, quarterback. Sorry. The quarterback. <laughs> uh, I would love to see him in the Colts. Yeah. Ooh. No. Oh my goodness. No, that that would be. And I'd like to see anyone. Like even if if Wentz went to the Colts, I'm suddenly intrigued yeah, a little I bit. Yeah. I saw. I saw. I thought they sent the two second-round picks, and the Eagles uh, are like, no, no thanks. But apparently that was the highest offer they had gotten so far. Wait, uh, two first? Wins. Wait, two total no, picks? Two, two, two second-round picks. It's close. I mean, I feel like you got it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what they think they have there. I mean, uh, they, the report said they were holding out for a Matthew Stafford-like deal. That's a little too much. And, and, and if everything's inflated, the value's more. Was I surprised by the, the, the Stafford Hall? A little bit, though. But there was an extra, like, first-rounder in there. I was like, wow. But that's a guy, now you look at the potential real quick. I don't know if you're ever going to bring him up part of our conversation today. But to see him now with the Rams and that coach and that no, competent no. offense, finally, that's scary. Uh, Wentz, I mean, we saw what he's capable of. First three seasons, minus some of the injuries, I mean, he was he was a magic maker. His out-of-the-pocket ability was great. But this year they showed when he was in the pocket and had a clean pocket, it's terrible. That's how a lot of his picks came. Different exactly. theory, he, didn't do, he just didn't, he didn't do a good job of going through his reads at all. I mean, it, usually you don't see that kind of regression so early. No, but, right. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, and it, just, it, that's actually concerning. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was going to say you just brought up uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, headed to the Rams under that new system. Um, how excited for you to see Matthew Stafford under new coach in Sean McVay in that defense, maybe making one last run? Well, and a run it will be. And, and I think the windows at maybe three to four years could be a little more, though. Stafford's 32 or 33. Yeah, but that's, that's um, what's that in football years? 48? Yeah, um, it's one of those things. You know, it's tough. I just think now with, with Aaron Rodgers, just have to mind him, get a FaceTime call from a buddy. He doesn't understand mm. what's going on right now here. We're doing some real talk. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Stafford played at 37 or 38. He's had injuries. Okay, let's say the window is three to four years. Are they getting to the Super Bowl in three to four years? I can see them in it. And, and I do like that potential a lot. I'm a little scared as a Packers fan now what kind of force we're reckoning with in the NFC. But, I, I, I'm probably higher on the Stafford and the Rams than most people. Almost as close as Rams fans are talking about Super Bowl already. I mean, I, it's serious. McVay now has a real quarterback. No disrespect to God. Yeah. That that guy just, I mean, he needed the ball to be thrown for him as well as the plays called it felt like sometimes. Well, that's just, that, and that's the reason, you know, every game golf would start out 11 for 11, 13 for 13. It's because McVay's the scripted, drawn up know, 13, the, 13 completions for him every single time. And then, and then, you know, when you ask things to go off, I call it offbeat, off script, whatever, Goff is very – infrequently he would make amazing plays. And he's a very short to intermediate guy with the type of receivers he had, Cup and Woods. But it's about to get real serious. I think L.A. is a major threat. And I actually asked a question uh, to PFF Austin. I said, what's more likely, Rams making the Super Bowl or missing out on the playoffs? He said because mm. of the division, missing out on the playoffs. But I can still see them making it more than anything else. I think them, Packers, and the Bucks are the front runners. I'm not sold on Dallas quite yet, but they can sneak they could sneak into some serious contention as well next year. So Josh, do you have anything so to add to add to that? I have a Dallas question. Well I, yeah, I've got a question on the Rams. So we I mean we do a obviously this is not Friday, but I'm gonna throw it in here. We do our fancy football Friday, so 
We talked mm-hmm. fantasy as well. Uh, you talked, you mentioned Cup and Robert Woods and the, and the receivers there and uh, for the Rams. Which receiver do you think benefits the most from Matthew Stafford coming in versus Jared Goff? Mm, great question. Uh, it is a great question. I mean, my, my instinct is Van Jefferson, right, because he's just a young guy ready to blow up. We saw some, you know, a little bit of hype there at the end of the year. Um, but ultimately, I, I just think Robert Woods is, is a machine as a receiver. Like he's not a, he's not a Julio Jones type, but he is a, he's an exceptional route runner, and that's going to work really well for Stafford, who can find the open man. I mean, he had some good ones with Galladay when Jones was healthy in there as well. But then again, we saw Hawkinson start to, to, to increase a lot of a lot of production in Detroit there. So you want to talk about you know some of the uh, some of the tight ends there? I don't know I don't know what's happening with Higby, but I believe it was Everett one of the other ones that was eating well last year. Was uh, Everett Ger- Gerald mm-hmm. Everett. Yeah, I think he was on the move though, from what I saw the reports. But if he stays, I think he's going to be ready to. That's why it's a lot of it's speculation. I don't know who's going to be there. I know you, you said receiver, but you got at this point tight ends yeah. are receivers. You got to consider their pass touchers are part of that group. Uh, and I like, I just, I think it's going to be so balanced. I don't think you're going to see one guy getting so many more targets than the other. I'll go Woods most targets, Cup a little below, and then it's going to be almost like a linear downward staircase. And then Van Jefferson will see a lot more snaps. He'll probably have the third most targets. I don't see him getting more than Cup. Cup is a dog, man. That is a really solid slot player right there. And what he did, he won me a fantasy championship two years ago. I don't know. His 19 was incredible. Since, Since 19, though, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. No, and I, I don't know what it is. And those types of players, again, we can talk about injuries and, and what we can speculate on how they happen all the time, injury prone or whatnot. I don't think it's a concern yet, but if we start to see him miss four or five games this year, it's like, okay, good thing we got Jefferson now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, we can get to that Dallas question. So, uh, the, he's he's the, eating an apple right here. Where's my banana? Uh, I think I already yeah. ate it. No, it's, 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 I've, uh, I've also this, been doing the fitness. This is, it's it's been a big part. better. Yes, it works. <laughs> this is a tradition during every episode of Burster Bubble. Uh, Josh is eating sometime during the episode. Uh, gotcha. What's up with the Cowboys? I mean, like, what happened? What like, what needs to happen? They have – I mean, Dak Prescott is a above-average quarterback for sure. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott is one of the top running backs maybe we've ever seen when he's trying. Amari yeah. Cooper. I mean, they have they have all the weapons. So what's going on? What do they need? You support Dallas, don't you? Are I you, don't. Are you – Oh, okay, good, because you're saying very strong things that I, I actually agree with. A little more towards Dak. Let's let's take away what you said from Elliott and put a little more towards Dak. I think Dak's a very good quarterback. Could be upper echelon. I don't know about Zeke. I mean, those first few years in the league, he made a mark. We thought he could be going for all-time status. He's a running back in today's NFL, and he's, plus his numbers are diving a little bit. But I think everything's going to come back into ultimate balance next year. Well, the pace we yeah. saw from Dak this year before he got hurt, I don't know if we're going to even see that, but we're going to see – an offense that's clicking very well with Lamb. Gallatin is last year before they probably have to let him go. <laughs> I mean, come on, you already pay Cooper, and and, and and now you got Lamb, so Gallup's probably going to have to go. But you have right. that whole arsenal. You give them at least an average line, and Elliott can make – you know, Elliott makes runs probably three or four yards more extra than he needs to, more than most running backs because of power, not because yeah. of speed, clearly. Everyone says he's getting fat. Well, <laughs> he's uh, definitely a little more out of shape, or he was a little more out of shape, but this guy's going to be a bull back to running it. I, I, my dad's a Cowboys fan, so I get to watch them a little more closely. They were awful this year. You could just throw it out the window. But next year, like I said, that's they can't be dark horse the NFC contenders if they're Dallas. You know, they're not going to be dark horse. They're going to be talked about a lot. But if they stay healthy, there's just no reason why they're not going to at least win one or two playoff games and be in that mix. I like them a lot. Defensively, though, you, you still got a lot of holes. 
Yeah, well, and that's what and you talked about. Defense of the ball is where they have to address, but they can't be a dark horse because they are with the offense that they have. They are supposed to be the best team by far in this division because everyone else is so bad right now. I mean, these other teams are struggling, and Dallas is supposed to have it all together. Let's not let's not disrespect the comeback player of the year, Alex Smith here. And then the Washington R words. Now they got they got Heineke right, and it's 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 you can forget hey, about and Alex. Taylor Heineke, he, he almost won a playoff game. A, a bit, I am a sample size guy, and I want to see more. And, and the fact that okay, it's oh, a two year deal. I mean, he's getting the contract. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And, uh, and what his performance was was the best versus the Bucks. I'm pretty sure of any like the last five that played the Bucks before they won it at all. So you got to give him credit. I, I, honestly, I think Rodgers had a great game too, but you know yeah. that that was that was a few other things. But you know this guy's the real deal there. Washington's defense is the best in the division. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, other 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 defenses have these like spots here and there, but across the board, they are they are a force, especially up front. Uh, but I, it's still Dallas's division, right? I don't trust Daniel Jones yet. Not over the course of a whole season, mm-hmm. he turns the ball over too much. Uh, the Eagles are that that's just too much of a question mark for me. Although I like Hurts, but again, sample size. The guy played what four or five games. So. You they, oh see he's going harsh that's fine that's fine I'm not I'm not gonna disagree either but uh, what we're looking at for Dallas you just bring everything back what we saw over the last few years and you get at least a decent line led by Zach Martin on the right side they're gonna be they're gonna be ten and six eleven and five easily twelve and four is probably their ceiling and that's high but I'd have to see their schedule and this is just the the crazy part of me I am not a huge Dallas guy uh, just because they always disappoint so yeah. this is but this but this is the power of America's team. We are spending this time talking about the worst <laughs> division in the NFL, in the NFC East. Uh, they all want to talk about it still. And Listen, I you can throw on first take or whatever. It. It's the first topic they talk about, so we're not know. doing anything wrong. That, you know? <laughs> no, I, I know. I, I th- I'm just – that's the power that, that the America's team, that just the name has just I've to bring four, awareness yeah, got, to the division. I've got four more questions about the red about the R words. You sorry. shoot I'm off. Sure. I'm ready for anything and anything, uh, guys. I got uh, another 20 uh, minutes. Yeah, I, I'm just kidding about that. But uh, no, you, okay. <laughs> John Kazar, John Kazar, follow him at Kazar NFL on Twitter. Like I said, he's a devoted stat head. This is one of his stats right here. I found particularly interesting earlier. The Bucks go 11 and five. They win three. They went three. Straight. It was four. I want to, I want to check you there. It was four. Okay. I looked back. I didn't delete it. Okay. But it was, gotcha. They won four straight out because they were actually wild card round. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So they, they won four straight to, to win the Super Bowl. Somehow mm-hmm. Tom Brady's career win percentage went down this season. It was 76.9. It was 74 this season. Yeah. I'll tell you about these stats. Not every, and that wasn't one of them. Not every single one is home research, but I can tell you which ones are. It's over half of them because you got to mix it a little bit. That one I saw, I think I was reading some blog and I saw that. I double check everything and and, and the numbers lined up. It went, that's for in New England for so long. The wins, he averaged 12 wins a season in New England. Think about it. It's incredible. So, you don't get 12 wins, you're automatically going down for your win percentage, and that's what happened this year. But it goes down, he still wins out, common denominator, Brady's a go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, this was a really fun episode. Um, we don't really have a lot more to talk about besides the UFC. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, our boy Mike Pendles in front of the show, he will be back on Friday's show for a full breakdown of the fights. We will get to see this weekend. We finally get to see Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis on Saturday. I am ready for that heavyweight bout. Uh, Josh, I'm already nervous. Like, I'm already a little bit anxious. Just thinking about those two 
giant men walking towards the octagon, it, it gives me a little bit of the nerves. But I guess for this past UFC, being the hardcore casuals we are, we will just talk about the main event because I, I imagine that's all you heard about. That's pretty much all I cared about. And that is the dismantling of Gilbert Burns by Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman. So, Kyler, is he the greatest welterweight fighter of all time? Gosh, that's really – in the UFC, it's all about eras more so than any other sport because no no sport has evolved more in – the past 30 years than MMA. Go back and watch UFC 1. Those guys are it's sumo wrestlers versus Henzo Gracie. And Henzo Gracie ends up winning it. I mean, it, it's an insane sport. It, the way it's transformed, but Kamaru Usman has definitely submitted his claim. I mean, and Burns landed that one overhand right in the first round that staggered Usman. But after that, I mean, Josh, like we talked about on Friday, it turned very apparent how those old training sessions went. And if I had to guess, it, it involved that nasty jab that landed over and over and over. It actually landed a couple of knockdowns. Yeah, Usman showed exactly, you know, what we had expected him to show. Like you said, those jabs that just, you eat so many of those hard jabs right to the jaw, right to the head. I mean, eventually it's going to wear you down and so much power is coming from those punches, you know. And, and I really liked Usman's tweet after the fight. It was a picture of Gilbert and said, you deserve to be in the ring. You're the second best in our class. So he's pretty much saying there's no one else that's even around me. Where's no, my yeah. competition at? Oh, and, and he said and he said after the fight, too, that I'm the only one that could have taken anybody else in that division would have fallen, would have been asleep from that overhand right in the first round. So, I mean, he ate it like a champ. A lot of respect to, to, to Usman, a lot of respect shown to Gilbert Burns. But, I mean, you're right, Josh. Gilbert, Kamar Usman certainly does have his case for the greatest welterweight of all time. But, I mean, there are some pretty great welterweights, including uh, one George St. Pierre. We'll have to ask Mike about it whenever we have him on on Friday to see uh, how great he thinks Kamar Usman is. That's definitely a question you're going to have to ask him. I don't think he's going to like it. <laughs> all right, buddy. I'm looking forward to a great episode today. All right. See you, man.